Welcome to the Optimal Human Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Yorko, and my passion is the pursuit of peak health and performance. This podcast is my attempt to bring you expert insights on everything from fitness and nutrition to mindset mastery. So if you're an athlete looking to improve your game or a busy professional wanting to boost your energy and productivity, this podcast is for you. So tune in, and if this episode helps you to optimize your life in any way, please share it with a friend and leave a review so we can make a bigger impact. Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Human Performance Podcast. We are talking today about maximizing results for strength versus hypertrophy versus pain-free function, performance, health. Now, the first thing I want to say, I want to preface this, you can train for pain-free performance and function and health while training for strength, while training for hypertrophy. However, I want to analyze and highlight a couple of main differences between them. For example, if you want to train for maximum strength performance, one of the main indicators that we need to do is we need to focus on time under peak tension versus if we want to train for hypertrophy muscle size, we want to train for time under tension. So what's the difference there? Time under tension, you want to create as much tension in the muscles as you can multiplied by the duration. So at some point, if your duration gets really, really long, you can't produce the same amount of force. So the force goes down, duration is really high. At some point, there's negative returns. If you go force is really high, your duration starts to come down. Again, there's like a peak window. So typically you'll see hypertrophy training for the most part, now this isn't 100%, but typically like eight to 12 reps, controlled range, two seconds down, two seconds up. Like you're not trying to produce as much power and speed as possible on the way up. That's not our intention. Our intention is to create force within that muscle, create tension within that muscle for a maximum amount of time that we can create that tension for. That is time under tension, and that will stimulate muscle growth. So if I'm doing a bench press, for instance, I'm coming down nice and slow, two, three seconds, maybe a little pause at the bottom, and then say one and a half, two seconds on the way up. Whereas if we're training for strength, the number one thing we want to do is we want to do time under peak tension. We need to make sure that we are creating peak tension. And you can't do peak tension with 20 reps. You can't do peak tension with 12 reps. The question is, how do we produce maximal force out of our muscles for, again, a specific duration of time? That's typically, say, a one rep to five rep, maybe six rep range is typically where we can still produce a really high output of tension for you still want to get some reps in there. You still want to get some duration in there. So if you're doing single reps or double reps, you're probably doing more volume in terms of the amount of sets you're doing in a day. If you're doing five reps, you're probably doing like a, a four by five or a five by five type of split. You're not doing six or seven working sets. It's really important though. There's two ways we can produce peak tension. Number one is we lift a lot of weight. We create a lot of tension per rep that we're outputting. Like you'll see a one rep max power lifter, that bar is not moving that quick typically, but they're moving so much weight that their body and their muscles create a high amount of tension. The second way is power output. 
and this is something that a lot of people miss is you don't just move high amounts of weight for slow, slow reps. That's not what you should do all the time. You should also incorporate high speed reps. So power is force times acceleration, I believe. And if we create peak tension, the faster you move a weight, the more tension your muscles create. And if we can produce maximum power, again, that's a different form of peak tension. And you basically want to create both of those maximum speed and maximum weight. And you'll see a lot of uh, power lifters will do, for instance, like band resisted, chain resisted stuff. They'll do high weight, heavy, heavy days, and then speed days, heavy day, speed day, heavy day, speed day. So they get say five or six days between heavy days so that their tendons, their ligaments can heal properly, but they're still producing high amounts of power, high amounts of force with those speed days. Another thing in terms of the band training and chain training is that when we do that, you're actually able to produce a lot more force at certain ranges of motion in a movement. For instance, the top of a squat, the top of a deadlift, the top of a bench press, you can produce multiples of force. You can produce substantially more force at the top range versus the bottom range. If you fail ass to grass with 225 pounds on a squat, I can still guarantee that in the top half, the top four inches of that squat, you can still produce 350, 400 pounds of force. Like that's not out of the question. That's, that's probably an understatement. You can produce a lot of force in the top range of motion. So training with just weights, honestly, not the best game plan. It really isn't. If you want to maximize your, your force output with the way that your body is created, the, the leverages that your muscles have using bands, using chains is a really good way to go because the force, the load is varied. It's less where you're weakest and it's most where you're strongest. So it goes with the natural strength curve of the body. Now, getting into the pain-free performance side, this is something that I said, like you can, you can still train pain-free and you can train for maximal performance when you are training for strength or hypertrophy. However, if you're training for performance in say tennis or baseball or any sort of sport where you're twisting, you're moving in different ways and stuff like that, linear movements are not the most transferable to performance. That's not the best way to go about training for pain-free performance. And when you have sports or demands on a body, such as high rep or not high rep, high force output twisting, like a baseball swing, like a tennis serve, like anything like that kick in soccer, like these are very, very high power output movements. And there's a lot of twisting, a lot of full body stuff. What we want to do, if we want to train for pain-free performance, and if you have injuries, if you are, say you're over 30 and you don't play sports anymore, you're in the gym, you're working out regularly, you're chronically stiff, you have joint aches, you have you have joint stiffness. You're like, man, I'm in here. I'm putting in all the work. I hear you because I was there too. I tend to fall into that trap. Like I'm not going to lie and say that I'm, I don't. I'm training for a bodybuilding show, my first one ever. And I fall into that trap. I don't do what I'm about to tell you. And then it leads to more stiffness. It leads to more pain. But what we need to do is we need to prioritize more omnidirectional submaximal lifting. So what does that mean? Omnidirectional is all directions. 
not linear up and down over and over and over again. If we only train sagittal plane up and down, forward and back, over and over and over and over again, we are going to create tons of imbalances throughout our body. Our body is meant to do a lot of different things. Mix in a lateral lunge, mix in a lunge and a twist, mix in a cable chop, like do things that create full body movements, do things that create rotation, do things that you can do for multiple reps and try and integrate your entire body. That is submaximal lifting. And when you do a lot of omnidirectional submaximal lifting, you train your body to operate as a cohesive unit. And that's really like when you look at high performance athletes, their body is operating in a very cohesive unit. If you look at a bodybuilder, it's like a robot with hydraulics. No offense. Bodybuilders don't come at me. If you never train full body movements, and I'm not talking squat, I'm talking like a kick, a punch, throwing, swinging a bat. Like if you swing a bat, I could nerd out on this, but if you swing a bat, there's force coming from the floor through one foot into the other foot, up your body, through your core, into your arms, rotating, and then out into that bat. Like every part of your body is utilized in a baseball swing. Not You don't have your oblique swinging through and transferring rotational power from your, your legs through your core to your, to your upper body in a squat. Like that's not happening, right? Yes, your body needs to be rigid. Yes, your whole body is working in a squat, but it's not working in a cohesive unit to do basically everything. Like you're, you're still missing muscles. You're still missing movements. And you need to, if you have pain, if you have stiffness, if you are chronically tight, like 99% of us are, then you need to do more movements, not heavier exercises of the same things you've done for 10 years, but you need to do more and different movements. You need to vary these movements up. And when you do that, when you go from the peak tension type of training, you go from powerlifting style squat, bench, deadlift, all sagittal plane, go to the gym and look at every machine. 99% of them are up and down, forward and back. That's it. Nothing's lateral. Where are your lateral movements? No wonder your glutes don't work. No wonder your adductors don't work. You haven't worked on anything that involves lateral movement. So why would they work? If you don't use it, you lose it. Why would they work? You don't have any obliques. Your back is hurting because you only go into extension and you don't even use hip extension, use low back hyperextension. That's why you're in pain. You need to teach your body to work as a cohesive unit. And when I work with clients, man, it's hard to get some of them, especially the ones who have been in the gym for a long time to like, let the ego go and be like, you know what? I don't need to squat every time I go in and train legs. Yes. Train legs. Mix in a step up. Can you do a step up that's higher than like eight inches high and control it? If you can't, you have major imbalances. You can probably do it on one side and not the other. And then you're trying to load up 400 pounds and push the same through both legs. But one side can't do a step up. That's not how you should train. When you create a strong foundation, when you eliminate these weak links, when you pick the low hanging fruit, the, the thing that is easiest to fix, the thing that is the most obvious problem when you fix the most obvious problem everything else starts to work better like honestly i was talking to one of my friends shout out garrett garrett belanger love this guy 
he's deadlifting. I think he's chasing a 700 pound deadlift and he's around 200 pounds. Great guy, really knowledgeable. And I was asking him like, what was the biggest thing that got you to break through these plateaus? And he's like, well, I literally just pick the low hanging fruit. Like, oh, my adductor isn't working well. I'm going to work on my adductor for two weeks, three weeks. All of a sudden hit a PR. Okay. This next thing, this seems like the nagging issue. I can't execute this or I feel this. It isn't working properly. This is my weak link right now. Let me attack the weak link. Let me pick the low hanging fruit. If you're looking up in an apple tree, don't try and climb to the top to pick an apple. Look at what is ripe right in front of you and pick that and go. And then when you need another one, what is the next low hanging fruit? And then pick that and see how it is. And then if that's not good enough, what's the next low hanging fruit? People are trying to look for like one size fits all approach to becoming pain-free, to increasing their performance, to getting stronger. Pick the low hanging fruit, figure out what in your body is not working properly. Teach your body to work as a cohesive unit and you will be amazed. So to summarize that again, let me go through that. Pain-free performance, pain-free health, joint health. What you want to do, and this is like anyone over, call it 50, 40, call it 40. I don't know. Like this isn't based on a study. This is my opinion. And if you don't like my opinion, that's okay. But if anyone's over 30, 40, and you're not trying to perform in a sport, you're not a power lifter, you're not a bodybuilder, you should be prioritizing submaximal omnidirectional movements, not lifting to max out, not lifting the same plane of movement all the time. By the way, sagittal plane, lateral plane, frontal plane, frontal plane is moving laterally. You can see it from the front, sagittal plane up and down, forward and back, and then transverse plane. You need to get the planes of motion all incorporated into your movements, into your training. That is a must. There's a lot of other things I could go into on that, but that right there is a must. You must train in all different directions. You must incorporate all different movements. You must incorporate some twisting. You must incorporate some extension, some flexion, some lateral flexion, some lateral movements. You must incorporate all of this if you want to be pain-free and function forever. Sorry if you don't like it too bad. If you want to get as strong as possible. Now, this isn't just the powerlifting stuff. If you want to get as strong as possible in anything time under peak tension. Two ways to do that, create maximal force for lower reps. Second way, create maximal speed for those same movements. So if you're doing a squat, you can do one day of one to five rep, say 80 to 95 rep, 95% of your max, great. Then a speed day, do some bands, do like 40, 50% of your max, And on the concentric movement, go as fast as you fucking can. By the way, on this podcast, I will swear. Sorry. Go as fast as you can on the concentric movement. And yes, on the eccentric, you can add some speed there too if you're controlled. That's good for sure. You're going to create more power output. You're going to create more acceleration. You're going to create more force. Those are two ways to gain more strength. And you'll see like if you watch a power lifter or you watch an Olympic lifter, during their warmups, they are not moving slow. They will pull a 135 pound deadlift off the floor. Like they're trying to throw it through the damn roof. And if you take notes of what the best in the world do, you will notice that. And then if you want to get bigger, you want to grow size, you want to grow your muscles. What you should do then is you should 
create time under peak or time under tension, maximal tension for a specific range. If you go too high in tension, you can't create the time. If you go too low in tension, or you're going to go just go forever, your time versus your tension just has a negative return at some point. So for different muscle groups, it's going to vary. Personally, if I want my quads to grow, high reps does it. Like if I do 15 to 20 reps of anything legs, my legs blow up. I see a ton of return for higher reps. If I'm doing, say, chest, I've seen really good returns of like six to 12 reps. And that's typically what's recommended is like eight to 12 reps is like the typical hypertrophy style workout. But again, it's going to vary. If you have uh, slow twitch muscles, things like your calves that are working all the time, they're probably going to require higher rep ranges than other muscles. If you have high fast twitch muscles, it's probably going to be lower rep ranges, but everyone's a little bit different. Everyone responds a little bit different. There will be a more positive return with specific forces and specific durations to create the optimal time under tension. And what you should do is you should experiment with one version of that, say eight to 10 reps or four to six weeks, see what your returns are like, then change it up, go 12 to 15 reps, see what your returns are like, and just analyze, go through that. So I hope you guys got value from this. If you did, feel free, reach out, message me. I would love to chat with you and I will talk to you soon. So that brings us to the end of this episode of the Optimal Human Performance Podcast. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and it helped you in some way to optimize your performance. If you found the information shared in this episode to be helpful, please share it to your story, share it with some friends, tag us on social media. You can find me at Yorko Performance on all platforms. And again, thank you for your support. We will be back for another episode.